It wouldn't be another day in quasi-paradise if I wasn't having an Android moment of frustration to start everything off and cha-ching! Uh, like the jackpots in Vegas that just don't come frequently, frequently enough. Boy, does that ever feel contrived. But having spent a lot of time trying to win jackpots in Vegas, I do feel like I've earned at least the limited functionality of that stupid metaphor. But that's 35 seconds, depending on which recording I'm actually looking at here, <laughs> of uh, Android angst that I needed to get off my chest. Daily ritual of forgiving Android for being such a pain in my ass. Um, so I forgive you, Android. Now that we've gone 55 seconds into this thing, shall we call it? Uh, yeah, that's the end of the match. Game over. Android wins every day, all the time. Android wins. You either deal with it or you just stop complaining, please. Okay. My other side got a voice. That's always nice. But having a voice that's twice as nice, well, here we are, 184 episodes into this endeavor of personal gratification and inflation and oh so much mm. well there certainly isn't any preparation well there's a little something uh, point is personal project right nothing no audience nothing there are those of you unlucky enough to have maybe downloaded an episode listened to something and gone is that even is that even is that public did I get that by mistake? Um, for those people, um, well, maybe this episode will help mm, bring some coherence to the entire initiative. Uh, the cat has found a new box, I do assume, or else something entirely tiny is breaking into my house in the other bedroom. Um, either way, that's something I can ignore. The, um, the thrust of my mental angst these days, um, and its dissatisfying uh, resolutions of late, um, are, I think, mostly my fault. Now, the circumstance we're in that being my fault, I admit, uh, is uh, a realization of kind of just who I am. Apathetic enough not to really give a shit to figure it all out, but once you start showing me that you're pulling one over on, especially people who don't deserve it, um, I'm going to at least stand up for them because I know they have some level of, of uh, good karma uh, to be garnered in this universal push for uh, what stains I may need to wash out of my own laundry. Uh, and so with that level of mm, commitment to the pot, uh, with basically two pair sixes and threes, what are you going to do? Somebody really bull rushes you. You just fold. Life just doesn't matter that much. Just like this hand of poker in the grand scheme of things is essentially the most irrelevant thing possible yeah 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 yeah. so if that isn't 
the 20th century to 21st century um, <laughs> Swan Lake Fountain Ride of Gentle Natured Ease that a white male American gets to unwind his oh-so-troubled existence. Well, that's self-indulgence. And I recognize it as such, believe me. But I don't recognize it as self-indulgent beyond what life should present us. The manifestation that it is to arrive on planet Earth, 867.309, this version of it, at this time, with this consequential demeanor of cause and effect that is well established before you ever open your eyes and say, it's cold in this hospital, house, yacht, whatever. And why is my body so heavy? Now, I don't have memories of coming out of the womb by any means, but I'm starting to um, lucid dream the uh, weightlessness of the experience as much as anything lately. So, for whatever reason, the heaviness of the human condition, <laughs> for whatever reason, for every reason, that the heaviness of the human condition is a shitstorm of no more fecal references, but the looming, dooming, glooming sense of fluming, of the buffooming, of the crooming, throw whatever ooming you want into the fire. It's all the same pile of, why am I worried about that stuff? Seriously. Looming what? Disappointment? In what? How so? Judged by when? Are we even talking about the reality that we share? Or are you just making something up that hasn't occurred? Where are we taking these energies? How are they existing? And why are we focusing on this collection of particular nonsense? <clears throat> okay, hold on. I, 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 didn't, I didn't come armed with that sensibility, that ab abrupt nature to say, hold on, this is horseshit, and I can see it for being horseshit because it's now on my boot. So tell me that's not horseshit, bro. I know horseshit, that's horseshit. Uh, that kind of conviction I still don't have I, 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 at all. I am 100% qualifying everything that follows and everything that has ever previously been stated by me as something that you should not be listening to. In fact, if that statement makes you think, okay, Okay, well, I should still listen to the next thing because maybe that's a value. That is the dumbest thing that you can think. Because everything worth thinking is not something you're going to hear from me or really from anybody else. There are various exceptions that are extreme pertinent exceptions to all these rules. But they are the narrow little moments of time in which motivational momentum can be swung your way in just a casual, fleeting, 
necessary cross-terrain intersection of human existence. But all the rest of it, you're figuring out on your own. And you're uh, deciding how much of it you can take and not take on your own. You're deciding where you stand against certain trends in societal uprising and declining on your own. All of it. You're doing it all on your own. You're deciding who to marry on your own. You're deciding how many kids you want on your own. You're deciding whether or not you even want kids on your own. And to pretend it's anything else is just baloney. So when people talk about, well, you know, he's acting in his own self-interest. Yeah. So is every other incarnation of human being. Because that's what incarnating as a human being necessitates, that you act in your own self-interest. Why would I want to feed myself when I can feed everybody else? Sooner or later, that idea stops having anything but life-threatening consequence. So go ahead. Be offbeat. Be colorful. Be the one who doesn't join the group and then watch how well that goes for you, buddy. <clears throat> yeah, I know, right? Like of all the things to just nail yourself inside for. The fear of somehow being thought of as colorful, out of the ordinary, offbeat, weird, unrelatable, problematic. Well, it's definitely not in my nature to let people down. If there is an opportunity in which I can ensure that even if circumstances might yeah, be seen as potentially letting you down, if we can just cover that part up so that we're sure that you can see this as nothing but having done everything we could to succeed on your behalf, well, that's the story I'm going to present to the room. So... To think that I was going to somehow come to a moment in personal conviction to be able to stand up and say, but you tell me the earth is 4.3 billion years old and that we've been here for roughly six to 7,000 years of writing stuff down and being able to say, hi, Harry. Hi, Hank. And 4.3 billion years, if I draw it across the tape measurement in my room and then try to make room for that 6,000-year blip of time that you tell me is all of human history, well, it seems like I'm reading the wrong part of the book. I want to know what's that part saying, what happened in that part. And I remember thinking, why doesn't everybody have that exact same question? Because they're not fans of redundant chatter. You're welcome, Miss Candace James. But its purpose in silencing 
you from even thinking that the story that encompasses 4.3 billion years versus the story that encompasses none of that. Well, which is the more interesting story? Well, it's the one I'm in, duh. Who gives a shit about all that other stuff? Plants and lizards and amoebas and fish breathing lizard amoebas. I don't even care. Call them what you want. Call them phylums. Call them phylum phylums. Call them science phylums. It's all just stupidity because it ain't like you're going to travel me back in time. So yeah, okay, history's okay, I guess, because it's better than what? French? But it isn't the kind of thing that I'm going to hang my hat on and go, I'm going to live my life studying history. Things that have already happened. Things that happened a long time ago, even. Things that happened last week, even. Just shit that's already happened. And then I'm going to think, did it happen the way it was supposed to happen? I don't even know. What do history majors do? At least if you're 13, 14, 15, the world looks like that. The dumbest major of all would be history because that is like reading Archie comic books. There's way better knowledge to look at than that which has already happened and been written down as having happened. I'm going to go with computer program for 100. Thank you, Alex. Uh, no, I'm not because I would never go on Jeopardy. Um, but I would also never have majored in history because I am brainwashed to think history is boring. History has no meat. History has no real impact. History is full of those silly quotes like, well, I've seen the enemy and his face is mine and whatever else, right? So you can take history and keep uh, most of it to yourself while I go pursue technology, cutting edge 21st century advancement and real metrics of data that matter to the future of humankind. Not history, because aren't we doomed to repeat it anyway? So why even look at it, right? It's just there to be repeated. Um, and maybe history is full of some of that cyclical wisdom so that at some point, everyone has to go. Oh, God, I really got a place to make it. How about history is? It has a shit ton of purpose that reveals itself long term. And so, so many of those <laughs> dominoes started falling for me in the middle to later part of my life here that I had to become entirely forgiving of just how what slogan engineered I had become. I was, I was the guy who could spit out every raw, raw, why are we the greatest? Oh my God, America's so exceptional. We are entitled to the winning jackpot because we are what? Not born 300 years ago? You know, like, what, what am I entitled to? What did I win? Why am I being told that I'm 
part of the cut from the greater cloth group. I don't feel that way. I mean, I can get right down to it. You shouldn't feel that way about me either. But I'm not going to tell you that because that seems like a dumb thing to do. Because what do humans like to do? One thing they like to do is they like to judge other humans as inferior and then punish them and kill them. That is humanity's great asset. They weed out the weaklings. And given all this stuff I'm seeing around here, I might be a weakling. And yet I'm, I'm lucky enough to be slick natured and sycophantic by calling that I can always hide that weakness from those who might judge me as being unworthy of continuing my pursuit of human existence. And, and then you start thinking, well, what am I inviting for? Like, what am I here for? <laughs> what am I doing? What's, what's the point of life? I mean, pussy hound? No. Knowledge hound? No. At least not fulfillment. Religion hound? Come on. I was dismissive enough of the entire collection of religion to think they were wandering down fields of, at best, jasmine tea, and at worst, manipulated action at the group level, which I think is there. So, at worst, is unfortunately realized across the globe. And it's also realized in nationalism. It's also realized in uh, affinity it's sports teams. I mean, you can group us up however you want to. We're, we're susceptible to it. And then once grouped up, you can tell us that we don't like that other group for whatever reason currently is in favor. And a lot of us will just think, fuck yeah. I knew this guy made sense. Glad I'm listening to what he has to say about how I should think. Okay. Stop being on a self-referential rant. Come back to reality here. Okay. So let's get nuts. We'll search for that purple banana until they throw us in the truck. And I'm not going crazy. I will always want to punch a higher floor. But if all I'm left with is the memory of that movie, that album, and that performer at his best, then, well, throw me in the truck. I don't even need the purple banana. I will be happy just to be a part of whatever it is that he laid down to make life seem so. Hmm. What did Prince make life seem so? I mean, funky is the word that came to mind, but he made life seem textured enough to participate. And, uh, you know, he's one of the few, so you got to give him that. Uh, and again, this is my opinion. I'm sure you all think something different, but I put Prince on the same shelf that I put the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and that's probably it. Oh, James Brown's up there, too. But whatever. Like, we all have our 
are touched by another brother from another mother from another life, moments of connection. And if I'm on the cycle of I got to do it again, I fucked it up again, again, I thought I did it well that time. Like, I didn't hurt that many people. <sighs> well, if I'm on that cycle, and I got a lot of reasons to think I am, but if I'm on that cycle, please, please, please let the Red Hot Chili Peppers manifest every single time that I come back into this reality. Because over the course of my life, that band has provided more comfort musically and spiritually, unfortunately, than almost anything of any other persistence. And Prince, though I can't claim to have as intense a feeling of connection, the stuff that I'm intensely connected to is even more so than RHCP. But, I mean, and James Brown and Miles Davis and some of the Godfathers are just who they are. But, in my time, it's not Bowie. I mean, it's a little Bowie, but mostly because with the sorority girls on the title out, so I don't know a little bit of that stuff. I'm wandering so far down Yellow Brick Road, I'm going to pull Toto right off the street here, and we're going to go back to something that makes sense. Though, you're welcome, Prince. Your presence in my life was amazing. Wish you were still here. Okay, so how's Phase two going hasn't ha happened yet. It's still on my, my breakdown here. I like my breakdown. It's gonna work. I know it's gonna work. Why am I why am I not doing it by myself? That I don't know. Seems like the universe keeps telling me that that's the way it should go. And in in many ways I know that that's the way it should go. But in what was the Ah, pitch room, part of the writer's commitment that nobody knows about because, well, it's something I was going to spring upon me in season two. Wait, this is season four, so I'm already late for that. Doesn't matter. I kind of feel like Lily and my mom are the first two people, and obviously my sister, but that connection has enough buoyancy to come to this event, but eventually say, obviously, that's number one. But number two is my mom. And number three is Lily. And I've had these conversations with Lily. It doesn't matter what kind of conversation I have with Lily, but I will continue to have the conversation with Lily that says, Lily, stop underestimating yourself. Stop thinking that there are forces out there trying to get you. Um, and start believing in yourself and just see how far that takes you. That's as far as we'll ever go. And if she starts to pick up some momentum for herself, well then I'll be there to applaud the fact that she is finding some sense of not being the problem. But take Lily off the list. My mom should be the first conversation. And frankly, should be the foundational conversation because in explaining why I'm doing this, she will also help corral in 
why I have to temper who I am for the public at large. And she's right, but she's only right because she doesn't know me now in a way that that's not something I, uh, I would ever allow to get out of hand. Um, my whole family sees me as somebody who uh, is overly entitled, of which they're correct, is um, willing to say fuck it to almost anything, of which they are correct, um, and is just charismatic, charismatic enough with his deficient vocabulary to win people over in the short term, but win them over with commitment. That commitment can wane rather quickly, um, and yet having fought the battle of enduring all of that for 53 years among them, they kind of have that attitude. Well, as long as I'm not being asked to do anything that's even all that outside of what I was going to do, then yeah, I guess if John has an idea that he needs some help with, maybe I can be there. But if it's anything above that, I'm probably out. Okay. So knowing that I have buffered myself at that point from any sort of uh, encouraging um, participation or even encouraging, uh, well, good luck with that sort of momentum for my family. My mom, uh, my mom will get why I'm doing this from the womb. Like she'll know that when I sat in the womb thinking, uh, should I wait till the 4th of July to be born? That's six more days. Nah, I don't want to be born on a holiday. That'd be rough. I think the 28th sounds pretty good because I'm not here to do much. I'm just, here to be a nice guy. I think when you get right down to it, my mom has always thought, yeah, you were pretty much always just here to be a nice guy. And I don't think you always handled it all that well, but I do think your intention has always been to simply just be a nice guy. Not shirk work, not try to... Uh, get something that everybody else doesn't have. None of that shit. I don't care about it. Yeah. I just want to provide some uplifting notion to everything that's going on out there. That it ain't that big a deal. That life has a lot better to offer than what you may be thinking it has right now. And most of what I think is probably causing you to bristle at the thought of everything I just said is you. So... I say this because that's what my path was. And that sucks, right? I don't want to set the record straight that I was a dumbass most of my life and am currently completely convinced that I'm a dumbass, just not capable of seeing my dumbassery. So let's start with there's nobody I think of having less skill set and toolbox than me, especially because I like to take the pins out of the grenades that I leave in the toolbox just to see what will happen. So, and, and 
not only that, but I am fallible in a hundred ways, not just the zany ones, the you did what, dude, ones as well. So, like, when I described, when I even permit myself to think that the narrative of a near-death experience kind of fits my reality better than anything else out there. That in itself is indicative of how white male and American I really am, that I can be so entitled as to believe that, yeah, y'all probably had some really nearly death experiences because you almost all nearly died. But I've nearly wanted to die, and I think maybe just my want was so wanty that I wanted my way to some NDE residue. I, I mean, I, I understand that's what I'm saying. That's what's coming out of my mouth. That's the shit that's dribbling out of my lips. And so I don't, I don't expect, well, first of all, nobody's listening to this, thankfully. But two, even with an audience of my cousin Jody, Jody, I don't in any way think that I am a profound person. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't think that less. I am not profound. I am um, maybe rebound. I'm pretty reboundy, but I'm not profound at all. Um, and so when I have to use these profound frameworks to really start to say, okay, they all speak and act and have these moments of pivot, understandably, because I got dragged under a train and some other stuff that I didn't. Well, I see my hubris. I, I register it in full free fall as I openly and without shame, apparently, um, compare myself to people who have been through extraordinary life circumstances. Because I figure I'm a white male American. I just think on it for a bit, and I'm sure I can come up with about what that felt like. Yeah, white male American. That's our thing. We know better what you feel than you do. No, 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 no. I'll just uh, stop that right there. Okay, but that doesn't mean that I get to cycle back two years and create COVID before 2020. And in fact, so here's here's my NDE universe. Go ahead, call me a douche because I deserve it. But my NDE is I'll basically show up to work under almost every condition because I figure if I'm so bad that you think I'm bad, then you can send me home. Unless I'm clearly uh, in a position where I'm, I feel like I'm uh, symptomatic and potentially uh, giving people the experience themselves. I won't put my coworkers through getting sick because I got sick. Fuck that. I will call in on the day that I'm contagious and realize that that's not a day to be at work. But I will also show up the next day if I feel like I'm turning a corner and can stay out of people's way and be 
contributing to the team rather than asking for somebody to make up my gap. That was pre-COVID. And obviously COVID changes almost everything that I just said. But pre-COVID, the work your way through it, play hurt, the suck it up, how fucking sick are you uh, voice wasn't just dominant. It was literally the achiever's paradigm. You were either in that club or you knew people weren't. And obviously COVID changes everything there for the better. This was a stupid way to be. It's to be more, I can show up sicker at work than you can, is about the dumbest uh, extension of how committed can you be to your workplace as it gets. Well, I can be so committed that if I have the bubonic plague, I will show up. I will leprosy myself all over the store, and then I will serve 14 people at once because that's how many of me I will have dropped around the store. Uh, okay, buddy. Or you could just stay home with that leprosy so the rest of us don't have to deal with it. That might be the better alternative and probably always has been, even though we act like it's still the 40s or 50s or whatever decade we decided to be macho about this shit. That was dumb. It's done nothing but cost us productivity and loss of employee wage time. So can you stay home if you're sick? Great, thanks. COVID says, way to go, bro. Okay, so know that until COVID came around, the sickest I'd ever been also was mono when I was young or what I still don't know if was correctly diagnosed as Lyme disease or not Lyme disease. This was in 1988 and was the height of the Lyme disease scare. And I was in Danbury, Connecticut at the Danbury Hospital. Um, so the idea that I had Lyme disease, sure, maybe, because I was flu sick, really flu sick in June, which I had never experienced since or before. Um, but whatever. So that and mono stand out as the two sickest points of time in my life. And both were definable. Um, were uh, an instance in time that ceased to persist and once uh, recovered from become nothing but stories of, oh yeah, well, I once had mono and this is when I had to drool in a bucket because my throat was so fucking swollen. Well, that guy has shown up to work pretty much every other day that I'm sick. When I call in sick, I call in because I got something else to do that I certainly am uh, you know, I don't call in sick because I'm sick. I come to work when I'm sick. Unless I'm really sick, and then I don't. So when COVID hasn't even hit yet, this is November, December of 2019, I'm working at Kroger, and I'm food handling. I mean, let's be brunt or blunt here. Um, and we have um, some safety protocols in place, gloves, um, but no masking, none of that kind of stuff. Um, in fact, it's more about not getting hurt while handling food than it is about the safety of the food. Um, but whatever. So I am uh, basically a receiving clerk for grocery items from nighttime through morning. 
and that guy shows up to work, whatever his condition is, because works four blocks away. Nobody's in the store anyway, and it's me and four other dudes, so we barely see each other. I'm going to show up if I've got yellow fever, unless the doctor tells me, you got yellow fever, bro, you should stay home for two weeks. So I come to work. First of all, the day I'm really not feeling well um, is a day in, it's before New Year's Eve. As a matter of fact, I think it's the day after Christmas. I think it's the 27th. Um, and, and it's, it's, what I notice is how out of breath I am trying to get to work, which sometimes can happen in the really bitter cold, like just the air is almost not available. So you're constantly trying to catch your breath, but this isn't like that at all. This is a day where, while it's cold, um, I mean, I'm just walking to work and I can barely keep up with myself. Like. I'm having trouble breathing to the point I'm wondering, maybe I'm having an asthma attack. You know, like, you start having those thoughts. Of, what the fuck is this? This is weird. Is it, It's not this cold. It's not windy. It's not blankety-blank that can suck your breath away. No, it's none of that. And so I'm at work for a good 20, 25 minutes. And I'm really just starting to notice I not just can't catch my breath. Even at work, I'm still out of breath. But I'm weak. Like, I can barely lift boxes that I lift with regularity. In fact, I tried to lift two, I don't remember what the product was now, but say two boxes of rice um, that might not be the easiest lift, but does help get things moving along. And I couldn't even lift one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm clearly not myself. And so I haven't even seen anybody. I've clocked in. I started working in the back. Nobody's even around. And uh, I finally realized I should probably go tell somebody I don't feel all that well, need to go home. And I walk out the main door, and there's the store manager and basically my boss standing right there. And they look at me with that look of, you, you don't look so good. You should go home, you know? <laughs> which I don't get very often. So I'm almost stunned that they see it. I'm thinking, wow, I should probably have looked in the mirror more closely, but whatever. Glad to be going home. So it's the 27th. Or the 28th, I'm not really sure here. But um, I, I go home and and immediately fall asleep. And my routine whenever I'm feeling slightly off is just to sleep my way through it. And it's been my routine since I was a toddler. So uh, I, I trust it. And so my first thought is get into bed and wake up when it's better. And, uh, and I sleep a good 12, 14 hours, whatever, and wake up feeling worse, which is extremely unusual because uh again this is either Lyme disease now or mono because that first night's sleep after realizing I'm sick is always a recovery night to the point where I may not feel a whole lot better the next day I might even not feel a whole lot better for a week but I feel a little better especially after getting a good night's rest well I don't I clearly feel worse and what I feel that's worse isn't like nausea or anything else it's something a little more alarming it's that my skin hurts. And I don't know how to describe this, but it, it hurts enough that I can't lie down in bed. And this is what gets me up after 12 or 14 hours, is this feeling of pain from the contact of the sheets, the pressure of the contact of the bed on my skin. 
So I think, oh my God, I must have, you know, slept in the wrong position. I must be allergic to the fucking detergent in these sheets, whatever. Um, and I immediately get in the shower and that exacerbates it, makes it a hundred times worse. If, because now it's painful everywhere. Like it hurts to shower very first and only time. And frankly, it never hurt to shower again, but it definitely hurt to shower that first time. So living alone, you can push the envelope of what is sensible in ways that you certainly don't want to admit to anybody. Um, and this is one of the ways you'll do it, is in your own health. Because the last thing you think is you should call yourself an ambulance. You'll, as a matter of fact, I can't imagine ever doing that unless I'm looking at a bone protruding from an area that it should be encased within. There are certain, oh my God, I probably need some medical help here moments. But uh, the flu, achiness, um, skin discomfort, these are not ambulance worthy they're almost not doctor worthy um and so i figure this is something even maybe an allergy like maybe i ate a bad can of soup it'll be immediately over with the next time i'm coherent let me sleep through it so i do my best to try to sleep in what is a, a motionless <laughs> uh, posture so obviously I get no sleep can't even doze off really everything hurts and now I start to think okay where where do I start accelerating this and calling for help um, and and it's at this point that I'm standing in my bedroom completely naked unable to lie down it's cold in the room so I'm, I'm chilled and now I just start vomiting like profusely like like alcohol vomiting like like I, and so I'm like all right fuck, thank god this must all be food poisoning this must all just be something I ate because holy crap was that ever taxing and I remember sitting in the bathroom on the cold tile, hugging the toilet, naked, thinking, huh, maybe I'll just sleep here. At least this is more comfortable than the bed. And I didn't fall asleep in there, but I think the exhaustion of all the vomiting finally took enough physical out of me that the next thing I did was sleep. Well, I slept for 20-something hours because I slept through an entire shift at work. And what's weird is I didn't know I had slept through a day until I got to work and got called on not having been there the day before. And nobody actually cared, which was even weirder. But again, I was sick enough at this point that they just sent me home. So, and then I stayed home the next two days or whatever I had on the schedule and then took two days off. So I really took about eight days off when this all happened. And it's the sleeping through a day part that is creepy to me because as prolific a dreamer as I am, the reason that, that was so hard to reconcile is because it was one of those sleeps where you nod off and wake up immediately fully rested. And yet it was some 
32 or 33 hours later. So I couldn't have been more physically uh, sedate. I mean, I had been lying down for over a day. If anything, I should have had to pee like a racehorse. I don't remember if I got up and peed immediately, but it it's the kind of instant recovery that I thought, oh, God, I'm so, God, God, glad I feel better. That must have been it. Food poisoning, touch of the flu, whatever, right? Like, obviously, I was susceptible to something uh, more virulent than usual, but I'm glad it was, you know, less than a week and I'm ready to go. Well, that is also the moment at which I really started understanding that I was no longer alive from those those Christmas, New Year's memories forward. So the, 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 wait, am I not a liar anymore? Realizations were about three months away. And, um, and so, so different at, at the beginning of this year, 2020, was I seeing my mother and my father as people that even now, I'm a little unsettled as to what happened, that my recognition of who they are, spiritually, as souls, as eternal beings of light, whatever. But at that level, I was starting to not just see my parents, but understand, and also feel a need to go help them out. And I don't, I, that is a mission still in progress. Somewhat, all of this initial stuff with my mom was, I feel like either I'm here to save my parents' souls or they're here to save mine. And I have a feeling that this is a, this is a culmination of much effort on the giving party's part. And it's funny to not know if I'm the receiver or the one who's actually helping someone move through something troublesome. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure I'd really want to be sure. Because, I mean, I'm an NPC, right? I have to be. I have to be. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm reluctant about all of this because at best I was weak and cowardly at worst I was duped I was apathetic I was disinterested I was self-absorbed self-righteous self-interested self, self, self and, and yet not Selfish, just <laughs> smug, maybe? I don't know. Telling myself I kick ass at doing things like fetching answers for other people and that as an answer fetcher, I deserve to be, what, the enlightened one? I don't know. Some sort of comic book nonsense like that, I'm sure, is what I was living with at the time and still am.
I'm not going to pretend that this phase I'm experiencing has come to close at all. No, I, I understand the journey is very much right in front of me. I don't know why it took me so long to figure out where I was entering the race. But as a guy who doesn't really like to race against other people, well, racing against humanity? Hmm. Yeah, sign me up. I do believe the graphic elevation of some, what, green and yellow bricks indicating vocal recording transmission coming through. Well, <clears throat> all right. I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much here because this is episode 184 overall of this 2022 endeavor to somehow encapsulate encapsulate over the course of a year um, to somehow collect enough rambling, nonsensical train of conscious dis dissociative uh, disillusioned disruptive disjointed disappointed disgusted huh <sighs> This boy has um, has enough of the taint of the last push to hmm, to call the masses into a herd of mindless. Un... Okay, we're starting this one over. This is too much to do with nothing. Do I tack it on at the end? Probably, because why wouldn't I make you listen to all this shh? Okay, I can't say that word. Why wouldn't I make you listen to some of my worst stuff, huh?